Today's stuff is up. Your gimmel will start a few lines down. It says, "In Meshalchin Igrot Biyad Goy Lo Be'Erb Shabbos Velo Be'Chamisha Be'Shabbos." You're not allowed to send letters with a goy as to him to take it for you. Not on Erev Shabbos and on Chamisha Be'Shabbos on a Thursday. Be'Shamay Osrim Afilu on Ravi, even on the Wednesday. However, Obeit Hillel says he's matirin. Now, when is he matir? Now, what's interesting here, according to the Korbanayda, Korbanayda says he is matir Ravi Be'Shabbos. However, we'll see later on that there's a discussion and the um, uh, the, what's it called? The parish here at the back was discussing the, um, Mario Pani was discussing this, that it's actually, uh, this is based on the Tosept of the Rebbe, Rebbe Beit Hill, I understand this much out there, but we'll see that later on, as we've seen in Halakha as well, that if he's Kotzeps, he's able, meaning he gets a fixed fee for him to send it, or Kvia Beidor. I'm sure you've learned, learned this in your Mishnah Burush here. You're, you're after Shabbos yet, Israel? I thought you were. Yeah, so then, then, then you'd even, Beit Hill said he'd even be able to send it Arab Shabbos. However, it seems to be the sugi here seems to be understanding it differently based on the receptor. So Amru Alav Al Reb Yossi, Reb Yossi Akoin, he says Shalom Ktavo Biyad Goy Meolam. You never you never find a letter in the hands of a goy out of concern. You'd be carrying and doing it and delivering for him um, during Shabbos on Shabbos. Okay. Then it continues. Ein Mafreshim Liyad Liyam Hagadol. You're not allowed to go on a big sea journey. So Damagadol is like Mediterranean Sea or the ocean. Um, not on Friday, not on Thursday. Even on Wednesday, but Hill is Matirim on Wednesday. And that feels it, um, continues, sort of fits in with a pattern that is specifically Wednesday allowed. However, Im, here changed a few words, or Arab Chaim says, Im Makom Krova. As opposed to imu davar sakana, krova. If it's a short journey, kagon mitzur letzidon, then it'd be mutar. Now, what's the concern? Why is it we're limited with certain days of the week, but not on like on a Monday you can go on a sea journey, but you can't go on like on a Thursday lukula alma? So I read Reb Chaim here. He says the in mafrishim besvini you're allowed to go on a journey. De ha mafli chutz l'tchum b'shabbos because if it coincides with Shabbos, you're going to be going outside the tchum. Now, as we know. You're not allowed to go on Shabbos more than 2,000 amot beyond your Makom Shvita, where your dwelling place was on the onset of Shabbos. And that is, by the way, even if, if the boat is drifting and it drifts and travels more than 2,000 amot, you're going beyond the Rechum. So, Umikomakom, Eno nonetheless, you're not Ela Shnaim or Shloshayamim Korem Shabbat. Therefore, you're not allowed to go on these boat journeys only two or three days. Demikre, why? Because then it's considered Kamashabta. It's considered already the days, those days prior to Shabbos is already considered prior to Shabbos, meaning within the days preceding the next Shabbos. Okay, so Thursday and Friday is for the coming Shabbos. The Chalalab, and then already there's a Lizaher Shaloyavoladechilu Shabbos. Then you're already going to ask Hara a warning that you should consider what you're doing on these days so you won't come to do Mechilu Shabbos. Interestingly, however, Aval Korim Shashayamim, if it's in the beginning of the week, so the Sunday and Monday where there's no restrictions, for example, then we consider Bata Shabbos Sha'avra. That's already associated with the Shabbat prior. The Adain Lo Chal Alav Azarat Shabbat And there's no Azara on you to be concerned about what you're doing on the Sunday and Monday. It might impact the, 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 on the, the sea journey on the Shabbat, Shabbat coming. And therefore, Vashariq Lathlik Vahem, you're allowed to go on Sunday, even if it might end up coming to the fact that next Shabbos, you're going on one of these cruises and it's traveling. Okay, I'm not passing about cruises. But anyway, but then if it happens to be that the journey took longer and ends up going over to Yichotchum, it says, what? You'd be able to. In other words, which is interesting because you're kind of putting yourself in a situation, will come to Pikuach Nefesh, but then that's kind of okay, sounds like. 
Okay. Yes, you're going to say so. Why do you Why do you say you don't talk about cruises? Well, it sounds like a cruise. Yeah, but I'm, I'm not sure about the halakha lamais where people take cruises and things like that and what they can it's do. Something else, halakha lamais, but yeah. the, the principle it is sounds the same. Like the principle is the same thing. But I'm saying halakha lamais in terms of what people do with cruises. I've never been on ones, but I can't tell you. Um, um, I didn't mean anything, anybody personal. <laughs> All right. Like but, when, no, when they travel to Rome, the Chachamim would travel to Rome with a trip that I personally did that takes over a week. Right, so that's the point. In other words, you can't. It sounds oh. like, according to the Pash Pshat the Gemara again. We're not going. We're going Pesach. You can't go on a. You wouldn't be able to get on the ship on a Thursday or a Friday or, or like according to Beit Shammai. It's like even a Wednesday. According to what we're seeing in Machloket here, you got to make sure you you board the ship on a Sunday or Monday or Tuesday, right? So it sounds like I don't know. I'm not asking you when you left your trip. Okay, let's continue. Ein al ir goyim. You're not allowed to uh, start a siege on a. Uh, 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 foreign, like on a city, in a, in a battle situation, in the Shabbos, Shabbat, prior to three days prior to Shabbos. Why? Because once again, although those three days, the prior to Shabbos, two or three days, is going to be considered shackle of the Shabbat coming. You shouldn't do things that might, um, that, you know, that your actions, you should consider, will they have implications to kill the Shabbos down the track? Um, now, however, had a detainer, that's specifically been Mechemet Rashut. That's referring to Mechemet Rashut. However, about Mechemet Chova, so we've discussed what the difference between before. And that is when we're talking about is this just the time of Muhammad that we're trying to expand the borders of Israel? That's Mechab Rashut or Mechamat Chova or Mitzvah, it's part of the original Kibush, or it was for a um defensive operation or something like that, or counteroffensive operation, or whatever it is in terms of uh, that's the differences. So if it's a Mechab Chova, then we say Ephilub Shabbat. Now, then it says, Shechen Matzinu, why? Shalon nich b'sha yerecho ele b'shabas. We find that was part of the Kibush Eretz Yisrael. And when was it? They walked around seven days, and then on Shabbos is when they actually came in and conquered it. He says, Yerichtiv kota ase shisha yamim. Shiv yisei v'chtiv uviyom ha-shvi'i tasobot or shiva pamim, and then they went to conquer it. And then it adds, v'ktiv adrata. Now, what's the ribuy here of adrata in point of understanding? It says, afilu b'shabas. What does it mean afilu b'shabas here? So what this means is, Rabbi Chaim says, "Ubabli mefarish la." This last little bit, Adam milchemet rashut kai, meaning not milchemet mitzvah, even milchemet rashut. The yalef du mutar liftoach du machamat kodem shoshe amim. You're allowed to start a war or a battle, say on a Tuesday. Af shiyasu milchemet b'shabes, despite the fact that it, the, the, it will be a protracted operation and it will likely involve the chilu shabbos as well on the uh, um, as a result. So that's what the Adridatah is coming to add as well, that even Mechemer Rashot, as long as you do it starting more than three days prior. Okay, let's continue. Next halacha. Beit Shamirin, Eino Nin Orod La'abdam Velokeilin Lokovis Nokrim Elekadeshi Asum Yom. Again, he's concerned, Beit Shamai, as we've seen previously, is concerned regarding the Goy doing a malacha for you. So, um, you're allowed to, he says, you can't give t- um, hides, skins from an animal to this tanner, a Goy, Velokeilin Lokovis, Lokri, or to a launderer. Um, Ella, and unless you can be certain, you'll be able to do it all and finish everything. However, the Chulam Beitila Matirin Imashemesh. And, um, Mechama Behil says that 
that um, you're even allowed to do it mamash erev Shabbos. And again, we're assuming that what we're assuming that where this is, I've got a kuf here for some reason. I don't understand what this is. Do, 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 do. No, I can't find it. But again, we're assuming it, it, what he wasn't asking to do the malachron Shabbos. It was some sort of fixed contract and things like that. Okay. So Amar Shimon ben ben Gamliel. Noagim hayu beit Abba shahu not nin klei lavan shalehem lekoves lekoves nochri shloshia mim kodem leShabbos. When they give their whites to their to the to the laundromat to this guy, they will do so with plenty of days in advance. Okay. Fine. Let's continue. We'll open that up in the Gemara in a minute. The Shavim Eilu Ba'elu Shatonim Korotu Beit Abad Vigulegat. Now, this is something we discussed. The Beit Shambad Hill says, it's, despite the fact we saw debates regarding certain activities that draw into Shabbat, the Beit Shambad were machmed to say, no, Beit Hill says it's mutar. These type of activities are fine. And I explained that when it came to olives, it would crush them initially. And then what they would do is they'd place a big board, and that would zav, and the oil would come out over an extended period of time. And similarly, they'd do the same thing with grapes. They'd initially do the crushing. Right. And then they get all the, uh, the bits that have been the, impressed and then put it in a location, get these big igulim, these big heavy, I think, earthenware sort of circles and put it on there and slowly, slowly it would sort of ooze out. Okay. Now it says as follows. Um, the Gemara continues. So in other words, and we saw previously what with the rationale we explained according to a claim previously, which I may agree with those because since immediately it starts being zav, starts coming out, it's a malach has already started on Erev Shabbos. Okay, and that's how we explained it before. That was uh, we saw. If you remember yesterday, we saw a debate in terms of understanding what the, what the issue was with Beit Shammai. What was he what was he concerned about? And there was we saw the Pnei Moshe versus Reb Chaim yesterday. Okay, let's continue. Now the question is meaning how how much time do you need according to Beit Shammai prior to Shabbos so you can give these these skins of that animal to this tanner? You know, how much time does he need? So the Gemara says. Now this relates to a different sugya, and this relates to the fact that we say that the skins of the Shmona Shratzim, I think it's Shmona Shratzim, or Atam, uh, is Oratam Kibsaram, not the Shmona Shratzim. There's a certain, um, there's a list in um, in Masech Tchule. Of those animals, the skins is like their basar. What does it mean? The skins is like their basar, meaning it's metame like their basar. Okay, so it's a tumor like their basar. However, if it's been tanned, if it's ibdu, then they're tohorim. That is not considered like the basar anymore. Okay, important. Now the question is, there, the question was, what does that mean? How much does it have to be walked upon, if you like, to, like in order to tan it? So we say, that's ad kedesh hiluch arba milim. That's the time it would take to walk like four mils. So back and forth, if you can imagine, pacing, the treadmill style. Okay, so there the Gemara says, v'cho chen, right? Add the word chen. So, so to here, that's the amount of time, the kedesh hiluch arba mil, that's the time that Chama says you have to give it prior to Shabbos to this nokri to do the tanning. Okay, otherwise you'll be able to do so. Now, Natan Kelav Lakovis Nochri, or Bao Matso Oved Bao Beshabas. What if you gave your, your Kaili, meaning your clothes, to a launderer Nochri, and you find him working on Shabbos? We say two points. One is it's Asur. You're not only getting Hana from that middle after Shabbos, you have to wait what's called Bikhleshi Asur. Because Nochri did Malacha for you on Shabbos. You can't get Hana from that. The next point is, says Amar of Yudan, and he says, and you have to say to him, stop, I don't want you to do it for me on Shabbos. Okay? Now, the Gemara says, Amr Yudin, Matnaya. He says, that's only if he's doing it, but Tanaya. That's only if you're doing it for you as a favor, for free. Because in Mamash, his activity he's doing now is for you. So they have to say, stop doing what you're doing. Aval bis, 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 if however you paid him, 
like a fee, a fixed fee for this clothing. The fact that he's doing it on Shabbos is not necessarily for you. It's just a convenience. He gets, he gets more of his work done out of the way. You put it on a Sunday, you put it on a Monday. Okay. So therefore, as we said, it's considered, um, the Lashon normally is, it's like, um, bit of Abid or something like, um, He's, uh, he's Osek with his own, uh, it's, it's, it's not as if he's doing a few, as if he's doing it for himself and Shabbos. So therefore you can kind of leave him to do. Okay. Now, Amarab Meshimah Ben Gamliel. Now, I'll give my your Beit Abba. Now, so we said that Beit Abba, that Rabbi Shimon Ben Gamliel said the house of Rabbi Gamliel, what they used to do, they used to uh, give their whites to the Kovas Nochri three days prior to Shabbos. Now, what do we learn from this? About whites. It says, It's only specifically whites that have to have such a lead time. Why? Uh, this is uh, obviously before the days of these wonder whites and things like that. But then it seemed to be much more difficult to, um, to launder, take a lot more effort to clean the whites than it was other things. That's why they need such a lead time. Okay, let's continue. The Shavin, um, this is a Shavin, this is a case where Becham and Behil agree regarding putting the Korah on the Zaytim. So it says, that the reason why they both agree is because as soon as you put it on it, each of the tipot, each of the drops are already Now here, interestingly, Reb Chaim explains it slightly differently than we saw before. Meaning, I'll read you, I'll read Reb Chaim, it says, It's already been crushed because of the weight of the beam. And it's going to run out on its own. But it says, Not that it started, but it's as if the malachas already been done on Erev Shabbos. Meaning it's already all pressed out. It's just a matter of the oil to run out. You know, there's always It's already been crushed. It's just a matter of it tracking its way down amongst all the all the olives, if you like, to get out into the gut. Okay? So that that's why Beishamai agrees. Like, just like different. Do we call that uh, masakin kli or gemara malocha or makat the patish? No, you're doing this what? before Shabbos. In other words, you put the board on before Shabbos. All that's happening yeah, now. Yeah, but it happens on Shabbos. No, no, no. In other words, it sounds like what he's saying is. Oh, that everything, the whole process was finished. No, well, kind of. What this is what he's trying to say. In other words, when you put the heavy board on this uh, on on the uh, on the olives, yes, it, the oil doesn't immediately land down in the gut. It takes time to track out. But the point is, once you put this heavy beam on it, it's always, since it's all the oils near Karim Koma, it's as if the malach is already finished. It just takes time for it to run down to the bottom gut. That's what it's... The that was finished before Shabbos. All right, that, that's what it sounds like that we're saying here. It's as, as if the malach of, like, or whatever, where they're squeezing it out, is already performed. It's just, it just takes time for the oil to track down. What does it do until it drops down? I missed that. The residue till it drops down. Correct. That's what it sounds like. Exactly. It doesn't just drop down. This is a different process. Otherwise, you wouldn't need the board there. Uh, yeah. Well, the board stays there. Um, no, I think I think the idea is since uh, uh, yeah, you're right. In other words, if I just pressed it and took it off, then it wouldn't have the same effect. I, I hear what you're saying. But I think the idea is, is since it's already dislodged from its place, and then you're, I guess assisting it to keep moving, something like that. It's ne'er karmim komo. That's that, that, that's the idea, that it's not considered as if it's still... Because, again, mafarik is I'm taking something from its, you know, its uh, natural casing and I'm removing it from it. So, therefore, since with the original pressing, all the juices have already been dislodged from its, I guess, its natural location, even if it's not already all out of the olive yet, that's already considered as if the malach has been performed. That's what it sounds like. Um, but that's... That, it, it, 
it is quite a big chiddush that because that means what if someone then grabbed one of these olives and squeezed it? He's not chayiv on Shabbos. Like it's uh, there's what to talk about here, but that's that's how it seems to that's the rationale seems to be here. Anyway, um, that was a question, not a statement. And so so Ravacha Amar Reb Yossi Bar Chanina Ba'u Ma'u Ligabe Moshech. Ah, the question is now: Can I touch the oil that's running down? Meaning, he says, "Hamashkim, hamoshkim, pirush has zavim b'shabes." Ma'od digaven, can I touch him? Me neimek, can I say the asur kedet nan lahalam perekiva? Then is is it asur like we find when it says ein sochtina taperot v'miyatzu matamasurim? You're allowed to squeeze out fruit, but if the juice came out on its own on Shabbos, like a like if you've got a fruit salad and there's there's fruit and there's juice at the bottom, the asurim why the kevan shekin asur nami ligavehem. Or Dilma, in other words, they'll be asked if you're not allowed to touch them. Or Dilma, maybe here it's different. Hatam yatsum atzmam. There, meaning by the fruit salad, it's yatsum atzmam. Hacha, however, already we're saying the process began. Ne'er karim kom over of Shabbos, called tipa kamer of Shabbos. So, in other words, the gzera, you know, touching the, the juice that came out of this juicing fruit, you know, that you know, you know, have it. It's asked you know, that I touch it because shemi yischor or things like that. That you know, that might be in that situation. And in our situation, it's not like the juice can, it, it's already near karamim kamov for Shabbos, which is sort of touching what we were saying. It's already, it's already been dislodged. So is this case slightly different? So we say, actually, Rabbanan de Kisrin Amri and the Rabbanan Kisrin say, uh, it says, Ipalgun Rabbi Yochanan Rabbi Yossi Barchanina. Rabbi Yossi Amar Ibi Asu, no different. Rabbi Yossi Barchanina says it's mutar. However, Matnitam Pligi are Rabbi Yossi Barchanina. There seems to be a, 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 a brighter against the Shita Rabbi Yossi Barchanina. Why? Because it says, Veshavin Mephura Shaloy Yigabe Moshech. You wouldn't be able to touch it. Okay? The stuff that's coming out, you have to leave it. Let's continue. Um, it sounds like Shemi Yibschot is supposed to mux or things like that, but that's fine. Okay. Ein Solim Basar Batsal or Beitza Elekadeshi Yotzolumi Beod Yom. You know that a roast, start roasting Basar meat, onion, and, and um, eggs on Erev Shabbos. Ella, it has to be already cooked before, um, before Shabbos. Now, Rav Chaim puts out a Points an interesting point. But previously we said, what does it mean cooked? It meant ad machal ben which was up to a third. But here you'll see the way the Gemara understands the flow of this the coming sugar in the Gemara. It assumed it meant fully cooked. Okay? We'll get to that soon. And it says, you know how to put, start putting dough in the oven. Um, just before Shabbos. Or well, this is like a, like a cake of sorts on top of a, uh, on coals. Unless the Face of it crusts over, meaning has to crust over before Shabbos. And Rabbi Yezer says, shela, and unless the bottom uh, has it crusted over, has to reach that point. Now, what's the difference? There's sort of a, dis- a discussion which which crusts over first. According to Rashi, it sounds like the the face crusts over first. That's a Rashi in, in the Bavli, uh, and therefore Rabbi has been more But I think as we'll see in this sugya, the Rishonim seems to go like the other shittot. But um, I don't want to. So it's a, com, com, I'm not completely certain, but I think you'll see that from the end of the sugya today. Let's continue. So ain't so basar. So Rabun Bar Kahana b'shem Rabbanan said that tavshinit bashel kol tzorcho. If you've got a food that's already fully cooked, any tavshil, then it's mutalashar. You can leave it on top of a kira. Kira is a stove. She'enu ktuma. Now this will relate to parak akira, which is like the uh, third parak, and this uh, this relates to the concern of leaving things on the fire from erev Shabbos into Shabbos. Now. There, there's a rationale that sometimes what you can do, you can leave things on, provided that it's what? Grufa Aktuma, meaning the coals themselves have already been scraped out, or it's Ktuma, meaning ashes have been sprinkled on top of those coals. 
Now, the reason is because if I don't do that, I'm scared that what? That I'm scared I'm going to stoke the fire to get my, you know, to ensure that my cooked food keeps cooking or things like that. So, what we're saying here, if a tavshil is nitbashel called tzocho, if it's fully cooked, then I can leave it on the kira even without taking these measures to prevent stoking. Because why? It's fully cooked. What am I going to stoke it for? There's no concern. Okay, that's the shahya. However, if it is a bias, says one second. That doesn't make sense. Basar batzel or beitzah. Which is mitzarek, mitzamek, veralo. In other words, we in our Mishnah just talked about meat, onion, and egg. And all these things along, if they're fully cooked and you leave it on the fire, it's going to be mitzarek, veralo. There, what do we say? You're not allowed to leave them on the fire until mamash they're fully cooked. Vezeh mitzamek, veyafelo. And these things that it's other foods, other tavshim, that the longer you leave it on, it's actually going to improve it, even if it's fully cooked. Atamar hachin, you're allowed to leave it on the fire in a ketuma. You, you hear the question? In other words, here, um, here, I'll read Rav Chaim. He says, can't bring a proof from our Mishnah. Mishum de basar, hainu taimed de shari, reason why it's, it's permissible for basar, de mitzamek veralo. That's why we can leave it on. Shakol kamashu mosif bishul mitzamek umimaet. It's going to start shrinking and shriveling the longer you can go on the fire. or dry out. Umitzamek veralo. That's why in our Mishnah, as long as it's fully cooked, you can leave it from Erev Shabbos and Shabbos. However, you can't bring that for, you can't draw a, a, a conclusion that applies to all food. Because there, Mr. Rek, is stamped it's actually good to be on the fire. Other foods, the longer it's there, it's actually nicer for it, even if it's fully cooked, that you might end up stoking it. So in other words, don't dry, try and draw your conclusion from our Mishnah when it says, as long as it's fully cooked, you can leave it on the fire from Erev Shabbos to Shabbos, and draw that conclusion from Basal, Batzal, and, um, and Beitza to other foods as well. So he says, so Rebbe Zira Bayibas, uh, we just said that, Dil, sorry, Dilma Delo It Amrit Elachamim. No, maybe the statement of Rav Boom was not talking about all foods, but was also drawing a conclusion for something like water. Because water, once it's boiled, any longer boiling is actually going to, it's going <laughs> to, you're going to evaporate more. So you, there's no concern of Mr. of, um, Shamir Chate. After of Shmuel, by, it says, uh, it says, Revzira. He says, no. When it comes to Chamim hot food, so Chamim, sorry, hot water, so that it's already fully cooked. You're not allowed to even leave it on the fire, even if it's ktuma, even if it's got, sorry, I'll give a kirish ktuma, that hasn't got, a, sorry, it hasn't, the ashes hasn't been sprinkled on it. Meaning, even if it's mitzamek veralo, right, the longest in it, you still need to have the, the ashes sprinkled on the, on the coals. Okay. Here's important. Um, here. So I'll read Reb Chaim again. Why? You'll see in the beginning of Resh Kira, when we learn about this whole din of whether you need Grufa Ktuma, it does look, it doesn't differentiate in that case between Mitztamek Veralo or Mitztamek Viafelo. There's no differentiation between the nature of what you're cooking, whether the longer it's on is going to be improved, it's going to be good for it or not. So consequently, even Chamin, even hot water, that the longer it's on there, it's actually going to be bad for it because it's going to evaporate, it's going to disappear, and you actually don't want it to be. Even those things doesn't make a difference if you even if you need to, it needs to be grufa ktuma, it has to be ktuma, it has to have ashes sprinkled on it if you want to leave it on or what we'd call now like a you know covered fire or something like that. Okay, and you covered fire something else. I, I don't want to confuse you with that. Um, let's continue. Um, where were we here? 
so Rabbi Kiraktuma. Now, importantly, we're talking about Ketuma here. So it's got, it's got no issues of, uh, um, of, uh, of stoking and concerns like that. It's like a cup of fire. But if you've got shore and Tavshul shore, that takes a long time to cook. If it's reached Machal Ben Drosai, if it's reached that third cooked, we talk about Drosai was, you know, the gangster that he would cook things very, uh, like, old, like what's called rare, like in cooking, it, and that would be enough. That's very considered visual. Muta Laksiro, you're allowed to put it back on the fire. Okay, importantly, not to confuse with the previous sugar, before we, till now we've been talking about if it wasn't Ketuma, here it's Ketuma. Okay, now the Atya or the Taya that comes, Kamayda Amar Rab Rab Yochanan Bar Acha, Bishem Rab Yochanan. He says, Hashofetat HaKadeira, Agabe Gechalim, Matrimbo. If someone puts a, a pot on a fire on Shabbos, you warn him, Lekishit Bashel Kachelah Ben Zerosai, it be Chayvo Asur. There's different, different curses here. In other words, you tell, you should, the, the part of the Hatra is, Warn him that as soon as it reached Machal ben Drosai, in other words, that's going to be fully cooked, you'll be chayab on Shabbos. Meaning, and Rav Chaim goes into more detail here. He says, You'll already be chayab at that stage. Therefore, when you give him a hatra, you don't say, Oh, don't put on the fire, otherwise you'll be chayab on Bishul. But rather, you say, If you put on the fire and it reaches Machal ben Drosai, then you'll be chayab on Shabbos. That's the type of hatra you've got to give him. And now, what we learn from this sugya that the chiyuv of bishul on Shabbos is machal ben drosai, and therefore the kevan the shemid the bishul in the isur, since you know that's considered bishul that we can mechayiv this person, why the mechan ba'eloch lo chashiv to bishul because in bishul achal bishul. So that's why his ah, you see the the chitta that says that if you have, we just saw now it was um. Uh, it was uh, Rabbi Yochanan that if you've got a Tavshir Shor that's got Machal Ben Drosai, that, that you're allowed to do Hashaya, you can leave it on, leave it on Shabbos because even if you put it on fire, you'll be Chayav on Shabbos, right? Bidoraita. We'll get to words putting things on fire. Don't confuse it with Halach uh, Lamaisa. So therefore, you can learn from the fact that the, when you're warning someone not to do Bishul, it's Machal Ben Drosai that is considered Bishul. That's why you're warning him, careful. You realize once it gets to Shlish, Bishul, you'll be Chayav. All the object will be Asr. Okay, the, the two go together. That Muvushal is already Machal Ben Drosai. Okay, now Acha Rebbe Tachum Barachia B'Shem Rebbe Shimon Barabi Chamish Huch Mukol Tochol Muto Lachzir Al Gabe Kira Sheinoktuma. Now this is a funny one because we just said that before that when it comes to Chamin, even if it's Muvushal Kol Tochol, we said that the Parakikira doesn't differentiate between whether it's Mitzamek Veralo Yafelo. You know, let it put it on the fire if it's if it's Noktuma. And here we just said you'll have Lachzir. You're not allowed to leave it on the fire from every Shabbos to Shabbos, but on Shabbos you're allowed to put it back? That doesn't make any sense. It says, no, Dilma, maybe we're talking about Chamin. Dilmit Amrit Ella Al Pesach. Maybe we're talking about the Korban Pesach itself, not about Chamin. Meaning, when it comes to Korban Pesach, we say that the, na- the context in which the Korban Pesach is in the base of Migdash Korban, we say Kulam Zrizim. So there's less of it, a lot of the Gzair would apply in a normal context, don't apply, of Shemech and things like that. As this author of Acha B'Shem Rav Shimon Berebi, the Pesach Shenitzla Kol Tzorchol, you see quite clearly that we, a proof that this is talking about that a Korban Pesach that's been roasted Kol Tzorchol, Mutalach Zira Galvakiri, let it put it back onto the stove Sheinokduma. And again, it's because when it comes to Korban Pesach, everyone's risen him. There's no there's less of a concern of problems. As you see in a moment, it says Ainot in the um, sorry, uh, is it a moment? Yeah, it's the next. It's the it's the next uh, next Mishnah. Sorry. You can't put a pot in a, a bread in an oven. 
right? Unless it's reached, unless it's crusted over. Now, what's interesting here, when it came to a tavshil in our Mishnah, tavshil, it says, you've got to wait till it's, it's going to be fully roasted. For some reason, bread, just a, you know, a light crusting is enough, even though it's not fully uh, fully baked. So we say, says, Meaning there's less of a concern with bread than it is tafshil. Now, why? And there's women are more zadris when it comes to uh, pat. Now, why is that? Ma ben pat ben tafshil. What's the difference? Tafshil dar When it comes to cooked foods, you want it piping hot when you serve it. So therefore, there's more of a pat You don't serve bread piping hot. It's nice to have a warm and the like, but if, if they're, they're, there's less of a concern the person's going to come and oh, soak it and get it going because they're worried that it's going to be, you know, like they want the bread to be piping hot like a soup or a chulant or things like that. Okay, let's continue. Taman Amrin, Pat Chama, it says, and uh, here we, since we're talking about hot bread, Pat Chama, Chama Tabitzidan, meaning having hot bread is problematic. What do you mean it's problematic? Meaning it's this choma guf bitzidat. Meaning having hot bread is actually seems to be medicinally a problem because it comes to can uh, whether it could raise one's body temperature or fever or things like that. Now, if someone gets bit by a tzira, a wasp, they say drink tzonim, have cold water. However, akrav is a scorpion, you should have something hot, chamin. Okay. Um, uh, hot, hot liquids. Um, however, mandamichla for some, if you get it the wrong way around, it can actually be quite dangerous. So it's a sakana. Okay, let's continue. That even the Rebeliezer says that Adshikamo, the Tachtea on Shabbos, you know, it has to be crusted over the bottom before, in order for you to leave this, sorry, put the bread, have the bread in the oven. It has to reach that crusting at the bottom before Shabbos, in order for you to do so. So I just got caught on my words then. However, when it comes to Lechem Apanim, both the, it's the, 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 also the face has to be crusted, crusted over. Now I'm saying also, so it's not like Rashi. You'll see in a minute. If you read Rechaim, says, the ad kan lo palig bematnitin. When Rebeliaz was cholak on the Mishnah, Vesvira later sagi, it's enough for the chromatachton. Mashma, that seems to be crusted over first, not like Rashi, right? Elimishum dechiagamna tulo atilet lechatoye. Because once it crusts the bottom, the concerns of shemi yechate, you might stoke the cold to increase the heat. That's allayed. It's gone. Amiu still It's not considered bread. unless it crusts over on the face of it as well. Hilkach therefore Modi agrees the He needs also the face to be crusted over in order to be fine as lechamapanim. Okay, let's do the next mishnah. You can start You can lower down your korban pesach because the ovens, if you remember, were like these big cones open at the top. And if you put in Koran Pesach in, it'll be on a spit and you'd lower, sort of kind, of kind of lower it down. So that you can do in Chashech with the onset of Shabbos. Similarly, And when you're lighting a fire, if it's in the Beit HaMoket, I'll explain that in a moment, that's the location of the base of Migdash, it'll be sufficient to light the kindling. However, if it's a Gvulin, you've got to make sure that the fire is majority taken, like it's the majority taken, it's like mostly burning. Now, what's what's the difference? First, let's understand the Beit HaMoked. The Beit HaMoked was to the north of the base of Migdash, the room in which the Kodim actually slept at night. Half of it was Kodesh, half of it was Kol. And in it, there'd be a big fire. Now, why did they need a fire in the base of Migdash? That is because the Kodim were walking around on, on stone floors, barefoot all day, and every so often they need to go and warm their feet up. So what it's saying is, on Erev Shabbos, they could, as long as they start lighting the kindling, it's sufficient. However, outside the base of Migdash, 
then no, we're concerned that someone might start stoking the fire and, or trying to assist the fire to catch. Again, what's the difference between Korim Pesach, Beit Moked, and everything else? Because once again, in that context, we say Korim Zrizimim, all the people by the Korim Pesach, people more Zariz, and they're more careful and concerned, and we don't have, we don't have to apply this Xerot. Rabbi Huda, however, says, Af says, Bechamim Kol Shehen. Bechamim, if it's already coals, you just have to give a little light to it, and they'll just take it. Like those fire lighters. Once you light, put a match to it, the fire's just going to go. Now, Meshach in the Pesach Latano, we'll just do a little bit more, just two, three more lines. It says, Now, this is interesting. I explained that the reason why the, um, the way you could Meshach in the Pesach was because um, the, where Zari is, and we're not concerned that there are people going to stoke a fire. But the assumption of the Gemara at this stage is not yet that. The Gemara will reach that in the next line. The assumption was, is why is it that you can do the, the Meshach in the Korban Pesach? Is because even the roasting of the Korban Pesach will be, would be override Shabbos. So therefore, if you happen to stoke it, you know, it, it wouldn't be high of anything. So therefore, the Gemara brings a kasha. If that's the svara behind it, that really the roasting of the Korban Pesach overrides Shabbos, that's why we're more makil in the base of Migdash when it comes to the Korban Pesach, putting in the Tanur. Then one second. If, um, if, uh, it says, um, if, so, so till now we've saying that like almost the Shrida Korban Pesach coincides with, um, with Erev Shabbos. But if, however, the Shrida Korban Pesach coincides with Shabbos, then it says, when would they do the roasting? They would do it Motzei Shabbos, meaning into Yontav itself. Okay. So therefore, you see, but one second, if you're saying the roasting overrides Shabbos, why couldn't they start roasting it beforehand? So he says, no, you've got it wrong. The roasting doesn't override Shabbos. Rather, Amrav Yossi, Chavrod's risen in. The reason why we're not, we're allowed to mishash the Korban Pesach into this oven on Erev Shabbos is because, and, and not, in other words, not because, like, if you, if, if you then stoked it on, on Shabbos itself, you wouldn't be chayib. No, you would be chayib. It's just there's no reason to make a gzeira in the base of Migdash by the Kromana because the Chabnei Chabura Zrizimhen. They're very particular in that context to do everything and right, so you'd have to apply gzeiras in that context. A bit like ancient with Migdash, there's a lot of gzeira Durabana don't apply in the base of Migdash, again, because of Zrizot and because of the context in which it is, these activities are happening. Okay, that's the last stuff. Mitzvah Shem will pick up from here tomorrow. Kulta. Yeah. Um,